0: welcome to another awesome episode of the Travel Agent Podcast. Today, we're going to change it up a bit, and I think it's going to be extremely beneficial, so definitely listen to the whole episode. Um, We have another great guest, and she's going to introduce herself.
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Latoya Jackson. I'm not related to the Jacksons. I get that question every day of my life. Uh, but I am really, really excited to be here and to talk to your audience today. So thank you so much for having me.
0: All right. So let's get started because I did say I was going to change things up. So tell us what you do.
1: Well, basically I teach entrepreneurs how to build business credit with their EIN and I help them obtain financing. So if you are looking for capital, that's the two ways that I help entrepreneurs get capital for their business.
0: So. Let's, uh, cause I, I love stories. So okay. tell me how you found yourself here.
1: Great questions. I would have to go back a little bit. So basically I was born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, I grew up very poor. Uh, my mother was a single mom because my dad passed away when I was two years old. He had cancer, a rare form of cancer and, and passed away when I was two. And so even though I, you know, grew up pretty poor, um, I knew that I wanted a better life for myself. I knew that just because I was born into these circumstances didn't mean I'm going to be here forever type of thing. And so um, I decided to go to college. I decided when I was very young that I was going to go to school. And when I got to college, you know, I went to the Ohio State University and I read that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I'm sure a lot of people, I'm sure a lot of your listeners have read it and it just opened my eyes to real estate. You know, I didn't come from a family of wealth. I didn't have any real estate investors or entrepreneurs in my family. And so to me, it was like, wow, I didn't even know that you can make money like this. Uh, But I was poor in college and had no clue how I was going to get into real estate at that time. You know, you try to make a dollar last two weeks in school. But um, I graduated, I did what everybody told us to do, right? You graduate, you get good grades, and you go land a corporate job. And so that's what I did. I have 15 years of business to business sales experience. And um, I got a job relocation. My job at the time moved me from Ohio to the DC area. And when I moved to DC, I thought back to those college days, like, okay, well, I said, I wanted to get into real estate. My now might be a good time to do it. So I went to, I get my real estate license. I work with Long and Foster realtors and I was an agent and I work with a lot of real estate investors and I learned quite a bit from working with them. I learned about, you know, the purchase price that they wanted to get into the deal, how much they wanted to profit from the deal, how much rehab they wanted to put into it, how they were going to finance the deal. So I learned quite a bit. Uh, being an agent representing investors. And when we would go to closing, you know, you look at the HUD one and you know, they're walking away with like $60,000 and I got this $5,000 commission that I got to split with my broker. And I was just like, this is, this is not where I want to be in a real estate transaction, right? I want to be on the investor side, walking away with that much money. I don't want to be the person to find you the deals and get a piece of the transaction. And so at the time, I got another job relocation because I was an agent while working my job. And I got a promotion and I moved from the D.C. area to Chicago. And when I moved to Chicago, I was like, I don't, I don't want to go back to school get my real estate license. I'm good. Uh, I want to learn how to be an investor. And so I went to workshops. I went to seminars. I read books. I spent thousands of dollars on real estate education. Some of it was worth it. Some of it was not. Um, and I began with, to network with a lot of investors and partner with, people. And we started to do deals. And so within a five year period, we raised over $2 million and that was to do various types of deals. So we did everything from fix and flips, buy and holds. Uh, we had a mixed use commercial property. Uh, we had Airbnbs. We also did some wholesale deals. And that $2 million was not all from one source, right? So 300,000 of that was business credit. Some of that was personal credit. Some of that was traditional financing like FHA and conventional. Some of that was hard money loans. Some of that was raising private capital with investors where you offer them a double digit return when they invest on a fix and flip project. And so in real estate, you have to know about lots of ways of getting access to capital, right? If you want to continue to grow your portfolio and do more deals... You know, at some point you are run out of your own funds and you got to leverage other people's money so that you can do more deals. And one day I went to a women's empowerment event and an entrepreneur was there and she asked this question. She was like, well, what is a DUNS number and how can I use that to get capital for my business? And uh, there was a CPA there and the CPA said, you don't need uh, a DUNCE number. You just need your social security number. Uh, you, you, know, you need a 720 credit score. You need to be in business two years. You need to have 250 in gross revenue. You need to you know have business uh, tax returns. You, and and you, know, you might need some collateral too, depending on the size of the loan. And so I knew that that wasn't 100% true because I got $40,000 in business credit and I had only been in business for two months. And so I didn't have two years in business. I didn't have 250k in gross revenue you know i didn't have business tax return i didn't have any of that but i was still able to get capital so i'm not saying that that's not true if you go to a bank or traditional lender then they're going to have those strict requirements with the three c's right they're going to either want you to have great credit they want you to have cash flow or revenues or they're going to want you to have some sort of collateral i didn't have any of that and i was still able to get access to capital and so like i just had this aha moment like maybe i can educate other entrepreneurs about access to capital because in in real estate, it's kind of common knowledge to know about all these ways to fund a deal. But I think in other industries, maybe entrepreneurs only think about going to a bank when they need funding, right? And so I started my company, Excel Capital Group, to teach entrepreneurs that there are other ways of getting access to capital, right? You don't always have to go to a bank or maybe you don't meet the requirements yet because you're a startup or you're a brand new entrepreneur. So I teach entrepreneurs how to build business credit with their EIN, but I also provide other financial uh, options, not the traditional bankers, but the non-traditional lenders who will help you get access to capital. So that's pretty much how I got here.
0: Oh, all right. well. Yes, I am glad. So um, we met on Clubhouse. Um, Yes, we did. I I love Clubhouse. It's a great place (laughs) to meet people. Um, And once um, we got to talking, I was just like, I have to introduce this woman to my audience because one of the uh, major issues with startup being a startup and even getting started in the travel industry is that it's usually a part-time gig. You have your full-time job. And you're, you're, you know, just hustling along, trying to turn this into a full-time gig. And a lot of the reason why we're unable to do that in a timely manner is because we don't have access to capital.
1: Yep. And, and 30% of businesses run out of money. Like that's the number one reason why a lot of businesses go under is because they run out of money.
0: And so I thought that bringing this wonderful woman on the, on the show would kind of give especially since we've been hit so hard through the pandemic, that this is just a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. So what, if you could, what are the top like three things that you're seeing that entrepreneurs can do better or learn to get access to capital? Great question. So
1: I'll break that up into a couple of answers. So you asked about What can entrepreneurs do to get access to capital? And then I'm gonna talk about lessons learned from this pandemic for entrepreneurs. So what can entrepreneurs do? The first thing you have to do is set your business up the correct way in order to get approved for business credit, okay? A lot of entrepreneurs, right? We don't know what we don't know, right? We just, we got this hot product. We got a great service. We wanna go out there and we wanna make this money, right? But we forget, oh, I gotta set up my entity. I need to get my EIN. I need to have, you know, a company website, a business bank account. Right. We don't think about the basics of having all of our things together until something happens. Maybe we run out of money. We need to get a loan. Right. We need to buy some things on credit. And then as soon as they say, hey, you got your your entity set up, you got your your bank account together. No. Well, then now you're not going to qualify. Right? So the first thing that you have to do is set your business up the correct way to get funding. And I'm not just talking about business credit with your EIN. This is to get any type of funding, right? I got awarded a grant from the city of Chicago in the Urban League, and this is free money. It was just a $5,000 grant, right? But they told me we need your company documents. Right. We need to see your entity paperwork. We need to see your articles. We need to see that you have a business bank account. We need to see that your 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 tax returns. Right. And if you can't give this to us in a reasonable time frame, we will award this grant to someone else. So if I didn't have my ish together. (laughs) I would not have gotten free money that I don't even have to pay back. So my first piece of advice to entrepreneurs is set your business up the correct way so that you position yourself to get money. You truly do not realize how much money you're missing out on just because you're not set up the right way, right? I had an entrepreneur come to me and said, hey, I make $10,000 a month in my business. Can you help me get access to more capital? I said, sure. And I just asked her a couple of questions. I'm like, do you have your business revenue going to a business bank account? She said, no. So do you have your entity and your EINs you set up? I didn't get around to that yet. Well, then you don't qualify, right? So we we don't realize the businesses who set themselves up the right way are the ones getting the capital, you know what I mean? So I know that there's a lot of statistic out there about minorities not having access to capital. And that happens for a variety of reasons. But sometimes we lock our own selves out when we are not set up the correct way from the very beginning. Sometimes you can't get a loan until your business bank account starts. You might've had a, a business for 10 years, but you didn't open the business bank account till last year. You know what I mean? So it's, it's really important that we set up our businesses the correct way so that we don't leave any money on the table and we can access all types of funding options. So when you set your business up the correct way, you can get business credit. That's where you can ultimately, you know, get things based on your company's EIN, not with the personal guarantee you get grants, right? You get to take advantage of the, these SBA programs, right? If you wanted to get involved with payroll protection or, or uh, EIDL, right? And loans and grants, there's, there's so many funding opportunities out there that if you just take the time to set your business up the right way from the very beginning, you would have access to this capital, right? So that's number one, setting up your business the correct way, right? A lot of people don't know what that includes. And so I teach that when I'm teaching people how to build business credit with their EIN, the first step is the credibility steps, making sure you look like a big business when in reality you might still be a small business and it doesn't cost a lot of money, right? Does it cost a lot of money to get a company email address? Does it cost a lot of money to get a a company address? you know, just small things, right? To set your business up the right way. And a lot of people don't know that they could be jeopardizing themselves, right? Part of the credibility steps is the address, right? A lot of people will go get a PO box or a mailbox from UPS or FedEx. Lenders don't like that. That's a red flag to them, right? They see you as a hobby. You don't take your business seriously if you just went down to the local post office and got a PO box address for your business, right? So if you're looking to get access to capital later on, you want to have a business address. It could be a home address for now. It could be a virtual office, but they don't like to see a PO box, right? That's, that's something that can hinder someone later on down the line, right? Or your company name. A lot of people don't realize when you you don't have things matching on websites, when lenders go look for your applications that that can affect you being approved, right? So like if your name is Five Star Inc with Secretary of State's website and it's Five Star Incorporated on IRS, your applications in business credit can get denied because they simply don't match, right? One, one site has incorporated and one site has Inc. So it's small things like that that can really affect you when it comes to getting access to capital. So the very first thing I would say is set your business up the correct way so that you can put yourself in position to get all types of funding, whether that's business credit with your EIN, whether that's grants, whether that's SBA products or other loans or lines of credit, right? Any sort of funding opportunity, make sure you're set up the correct way. You wanna look like a big business even though you're not, at least on paper, you wanna look legitimate, (laughs) okay? Um, The next thing that I would recommend is your taxes and bookkeeping. Um, A lot of entrepreneurs, don't realize how important that step is until it costs you something right maybe you wanted to get into the payroll protection and and get money from the government but you didn't pay yourself or you didn't pay your employees or you were paying them under the table well now you don't have proof to the irs that you actually paid yourself and now you don't qualify right or maybe you want to qualify for something traditionally right i know an entrepreneur who makes a lot of money in her business but doesn't pay herself so she went to go get a traditional uh, home, with trying to get an FHA loan. And she gave them, their, here's the money I make in my business. And they were like, okay, great. What's the money you pay yourself? They don't care about what you make in your business, right? Because let's say your business makes a million dollars. Your expenses could be $950,000. Like, you know what I mean? Your, your expenses could be just as much as your your revenue. And so they really don't look at that. They Did you pay yourself, right? And so taxes and bookkeeping is very important too. A lot of people could not... Take advantage of you know payroll protection because they didn't pay themselves or didn't pay their employees right i I had so many entrepreneurs say that well we didn't do our taxes we didn't do our bookkeeping we didn't pay ourselves right so i would recommend getting first when you're setting up your business the right way get with an attorney to make sure you have the right entity for your business you know a lot of people will say go get that llc that may or may not be the best structure for your business from a tax and legal standpoint so speak to a professional, speak to an attorney that specializes in entity setup, right? There's so many different types of attorneys, right? There's criminal, there's you know civil, there's divorce, there's real estate, right? Some people seem to think an attorney can do everything. No, go to the one that specializes in the area that you need so that they can advise you on the best entity structure from a tax and legal standpoint from your business. And the number two thing is to get your CPA or your accountant, get your bookkeeping in order from day one. You open that business bank account, go get you some QuickBooks, have somebody do your bookkeeping. If you don't know how to chart the account to do it yourself or get with the CPA, that stuff is very important. Um, you know, at some point when your business starts to make money, you got to, you got to pay yourself. you got to pay your employees. you got to pay taxes. Right. And if you don't know your numbers, if you don't know how much you're bringing in, if you don't know how much is going out, then you don't really have a business. Right. And so, That's very important, too. So number one is setting your business up the correct way. Number two is getting your bookkeeping tax returns and taxes in order. And I would say the last thing that I would recommend uh, for someone is to establish their credit, both personal and business. So with personal credit, I always tell people if your credit is not where you want it to be, if it's not 700 or higher, just work on it. You know, things happen in life. Sometimes things happen outside of our control, right? Maybe you were in a hospital for several months and couldn't pay bills. Maybe you went through an ugly divorce and that affected your ability to pay something that was on your credit report. Maybe you lost a job, right? There are a lot of things that can happen that can affect our scores, whether that's inside of our control or outside of our control. My thing is accept it and fix it, right? It, it, it may take months, to get it to where you want it to be, but it's not impossible, right? Just because you might have a 400 score today, doesn't mean it will be that way a year from now. So I always tell people to work on repairing your personal credit while building your business credit because business credit takes time. It doesn't happen overnight, right? Industry experts say it takes a year or two to establish business credit. If you don't know what you're doing, you don't know what you're doing, you don't know the process, you don't know what vendors and creditors to work with, then it can take a long time. Now I have a program where I teach people how to do it in six months or less, but what I'm saying is, even the fastest way to do it takes time. So I always tell people, don't wait till you need money to start to, to work on your credit. Like a lot of people say, oh, I want to buy a house. They don't start to fix their credit until they're ready to buy. You know, business credit. Somebody had come up to me, hey, I need fifty thousand. Can you help me? Well, how do you want You want to you want to you want to get financing, or you want to do it with your EIM? Want to do it with my EIM? Six months <laughs> or longer. You know what I mean? So don't wait until you need money. Start to build it now. If you if you got a brand new business, you got a startup, you got no revenue. Business credit is great. If you are a startup, you have no tax returns, you have no capital, no revenue. It's great because you can get approved without a personal credit check or personal guarantee, and you can start to work your way up to you know your business having its own credit, its own score, and the business will start to qualify for things without a personal guarantee. So that. That's my three pieces of advice to entrepreneurs. Set your business up the correct way so you can get all types of funding opportunities. Number two, get your bookkeeping, taxes, CPA. Get all of that in order from day one, whether you're making money or not. And number three is work on your personal and business credit simultaneously so that you qualify for funding on both sides. That doubles your purchase power, right? So let's say that personally you've got a $5,000 Card from Chase, but Chase gave your business $50,000, right? Now you got $55,000 to work with, right? Your competition might be still leveraging their personal credit to fund their business, but now you got more access to capital and you can crush it in your industry. So to me, those are the three pieces of advice that I would give someone when they're first starting out. And I wish somebody would have told me just trust, I'm not perfect. I made a lot of mistakes along the way. Everything I learned was from trial and error. So if I had a chance to do it all over again, these are the three things that I would do first and foremost.
0: I tell you, I have been preaching those same things and it just sounds better when it comes from somebody who has, uh, who, who is teaching it. Um, because I I think it, I think across the board, like when people start businesses, they do, they're so excited about their idea that they're so focused on the idea and not being a business owner because you're a business owner first. So I'm going to leave it there because I think that was a whole lot of information, but what I want to do is to make sure that everyone knows that all of this information, all of Latoya's information is going to be in her blog post. If you want to reach out to her, it's thetravelagentpodcast.com backslash blog. She'll be tagged in all of the social media platforms. If you are interested in truly running your business like a business and getting your, your, your business and possibly your life in order, <laughs> definitely reach out and um, listen to this episode several times if you have to, to catch all of the gems that were dropped today. Uh, is there anything that um, I forgot to ask or that we maybe didn't cover?
1: Yes. So I wanna explain business credit in a couple of ways just to make sure everybody understands it. Like, please, please so, it. <laughs> so the basic definition of business credit is simply credit that's in a business name, right? So when you think about personally, what do you have on your personal credit report, right? You have student loans, you have car notes, you have mortgage, right? You have credit cards. All of those things are in your personal name and they report to the three personal credit bureaus, right? Experian, TransUnion, Equifax. Where on the business side, you need to have some things reporting in your business name, right? And those are called trade lines. And, and when you have those trade lines reporting to the three business credit bureaus, then your business will have its own business credit score, right? So the three business credit bureaus are done in Bradstreet, Experian Business and Equifax Business, right? So you have to have trade lines reporting to those three business credit bureaus, and then you will have a business credit score. Now, on the personal side, you know, scores go from 300 to 850 on the business side, they go from zero to 100. 80 is what you want, 80 or higher. That represents low risk, that represents you paying your bills on time. And that's the huge key indicator of how your business credit score is populated or generated. On the personal side, you got those five factors, right? you got inquiries, utilization, payment history, all of that stuff, right? So I just want to explain that you have to take steps. I get this question all the time. So this is why I want to address this. It like, I want to get business funding, but they keep asking for my social security number. Okay, so let's break down why. If you don't have any business credit established, you're always going to be asked to do a personal guarantee, period. Always. Especially if you're new and your business is under two years old. So if you have no business credit established, you're always gonna be asked to do a personal guarantee, right? So how do you establish business credit? Remember, I talked about those 10 steps in the credibility process. And part of that process is separating yourself from your business, right? When people haven't done that yet, it's almost like you're linked. And that's why they're, the banks are gonna keep asking you, just like the example I gave earlier, don't care about your dun's number. They want your social security number because you're going to personally guarantee that loan, even though the loan isn't a business name, right? So how do you get around that? <laughs> Basically, you have to s- establish business credit. And the first thing you have to do is separate yourself from your business. How do you do that? Your entity, right? If you have a sole proprietorship, you did not separate yourself from your business. You are the business, which means that any profits or losses you're responsible for, right? If someone sues you for something, uh, your business, you know, maybe you got a property, somebody slipped and fell, they want to sue you as the owner, right? They they could sue your business, but they can also sue you personally because you have not separated yourself from your business. So, with business credit, remember you want to look like a big business even though you're not. How do you do that? You set up an entity that's separate from you, right? So, that could be a LLC, that could be a C Corp. Maybe down the line you want to be a S Corp for tax purposes. Again, talk to your accountants and your attorneys to figure out the best entity for your business and for your structure, but you cannot establish business credit as a sole proprietorship. When you do that, they're gonna ask you for personal guarantees, again, because you didn't separate yourself from your business. And so it defeats the whole purpose of building business credit if they going to keep asking you for personal guarantees, So the first thing you gotta do is separate yourself from your business and you typically do that by having your entity, right? Then from there, you do the credibility steps, make sure you look good on paper, Make sure you got everything set up the right way. And then there's four tiers to establishing business credit. So business credit is like building blocks, right? You start off small, you work your way up. So tier one is suppliers and vendors that will extend credit to your business. um, And they will offer short-term financing in the form of a net account. So I don't know if you're familiar with net accounts, net 30s, where basically you can order something from a vendor, they ship it to you within 48 hours, but you pay for it at a later date. Those payment terms can be net 30, net 60, net 90, right? So you can get the merchandise now, pay for it later. So you'll have small companies, companies like Uline and Grainger, you know, they will extend that type of credit to your business. And then you work your way up, right? You go from tier one, then you go to tier two and tier three tier two and tier three is more revolving type of accounts. So that's where you get access to the store and the retail credit like Amazon and Costco and Home Depot, right? And once you have a lot of trade lines reporting and you got a good business credit score, then you go to tier four. Tier four is the top here that's where their business now starts to qualify things because why now you got trade lines reporting to the business credit bureau you got good payment history you got a great business credit score now the business can qualify for the visa and the mastercard with no personal guarantee right now it can qualify for the company car that you can purchase or lease in your company name without the personal guarantee but if you don't have trade lines established in reporting to the business credit bureau you're always gonna be asked to do a PG when you have a business. So, so I really um, hope the listeners understand that. You have to take the time to separate you from your business and you gotta have some trade lines reporting in your business name so you can get a good business credit score. Dun & Street score is called a Paydex score. So they look for an 80 Paydex score or higher. So that's just a little bit of information. And hopefully that explains some things for some of the listeners so they can really understand what business credit is how it's separate from personal credit and how to possibly go about obtaining it. So that's what I help people do. So if anybody, you know, wants more information on that, you know, they can feel free to reach out. But I like to explain that because I get that question quite a bit. And let me say this too. There's two ways to get business credit, right? One way is with your EIN, through the steps that I described, right? It could take a year or two. I show people how to do it in six months. That is the slow way, but it's worth it because you can get access to multiple revolving, types of credit, anywhere between 5,000 to $100,000, right? The other way to get business credit cards or access to business credit cards is with a personal guarantee. So if you have a 700 score and you have a strong profile, meaning no judgments, no bankruptcies, no foreclosures, no collections, right? No derogatories like that, then you can get access to $150,000 in business credit in two weeks. But that's with a personal guarantee. So if you need money quickly, you have a great credit score, you could do that. If you don't, or regardless of what your personal credit score is, you can get business credit with your EIN. Personally, you might have a bankruptcy, but your business might qualify for a $10,000 card. You know what I mean? So that's why you want to separate the profiles. But um, you can get business credit cards with a personal guarantee. You've got to have a 700 score or higher you got to have a strong profile again, no judgments, no bankruptcies, no liens, no foreclosures, no collections. Um, and some other things that they look for at least three year credit history. So they're not looking for someone who just got their first card. They look at at least $5,000 in credit card limits. So it doesn't matter if it's one card, two card, three cards, at least $5,000 or more, because you generally qualify for three to five times that. Right. The next thing that they look for is inquiries, no more than five or six inquiries per bureau within the last two years, because inquiries represents new credit to them, okay? And then the other thing that they look for is primary accounts. So although authorized users may help boost your score, they don't look at those to determine how much you qualify for. I had a customer that had a 700 score, had 10 accounts, nine of them were authorized users. And the one account that was primary was $500. You know what I mean? So people would be like, oh, I got a 700 score. Why did not qualify? Yeah, these are the reasons, um, and then the last thing they look for is utilization, making sure that that's below thirty percent. But if you have the seven hundred score, you got the strong profile, you got your entity set up. Doesn't matter if it's a day old business. You got your LLC yesterday with your EIN, you can get it. So that's what I love about. Business credit cards with a personal guarantee is you can get it in two weeks, usually come with 0% interest anywhere from six to 12 months. And it only reports to the business credit bureau. So that's really important too. You only want the ones that report to the business credit bureau, not the ones that report to both. And then um, the only downside of a personal guarantee with a business credit card is if you don't pay the bill. right? If you pay the bill on time, then pay with history, those reports, that's reported to the business credit bureau you don't pay on time for several months and it goes to collections, that's when it could show up as a negative on your personal credit report. So just wanna keep those things in mind. And again, I help people get business credit cards if they wanna do it with a PG or if they wanna do it with the EIN, but just to give your listeners some insight into what they're look for. Um, so just wanted to make that clear. There are two ways to get it. You can do it with a personal guarantee. So so that's when they had that question, I was trying to get a business credit card They wanted a personal guarantee. That's one way to do it. You don't have to do it that way. But the other way is to do it with your EIN, it takes time. So hopefully we didn't go over time with that long wind. Oh, answer. no, I,
0: I, like, I'm just over here just beaming because I that that is a mission for me this this year is to not only bring the stories and kind of help travel agents and advisors build thriving business in a pandemic, but also the different bringing together the different pieces that make a thriving business, because being an expert in a destination and being an expert at customer service is wonderful. But if you don't have your entity set up, if you don't have, uh, you know, your attorney or your CPA set up, if you don't have these other pieces, then you're not running your business correctly and you're not going to be able to take your business to the next level. So thank you so, Great. so much for coming on the show and giving all of this wonderful information. Um, again, the backslash blog for more information. Um, all the information will be there. And um, I mean, I'm telling you, if you just do the couple things that you heard in this episode, you are setting yourself up for when the influx of travel comes in. You're you're gonna you're gonna be in a world of difference to, your, to the person next to you. So again, thank you, thank you so much for coming onto the show. Uh, I look forward to having you on again and giving more information and really kind of, uh, you know, telling us where you are and and how many people you're helping, because this is really great information. And so uh, I just I'm, I'm excited. So thank you.
1: You're welcome. I'm excited to be here and to speak to your audience. And thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for joining the Travel Agent Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. Visit the travelagentpodcast.com for more information about today's episode and other travel agent resources. Be sure to tune in every Thursday for new episodes. Until next time, continue to build a travel business you love.